Hi, everybody. This is Ryan back here with another episode of Stars Forever, joined by my co-host, Cliff. Hello. Uh, how is everybody? Sorry, I got tongue twisted right in the very beginning, but uh, um, I think this this episode is, uh, isn't is going to be one of our, you know, fun, uh, uh, fun ones. It's a pretty serious topic, and, you know, we've got some pretty good frustrations, uh, you know, uh, on this whole topic, so I, I think uh, uh, I think you'll enjoy uh, our conversation, and um, hopefully you jump in on this as well, because that's our our overall intent is to really make sure that we pound the ridiculousness. How about that for a word um, that I couldn't yeah, get there all you go. out uh, um, of, of what's going on here? So Ryan, why don't you take us in? You're the you're, this is a little one close to home for you. So yes, yeah, unfortunately. Uh... You know, hidden, as Cliff said, close to home here with uh, the Coast Guard side, you know, and something that we've actually talked about in a couple of our previous episodes on how the Coast Guard is, you know, underfunded in a lot of ways and is often snubbed for the work that it does and expected to do more with less. And, you know, as we talked about that, one perfect example, unfortunately, came across to came across from the budget request for this year and then for Coast Guard plans moving forward for fiscal year 2024. Uh, So Cliff and I thought we would talk about it and, you know, hopefully, like you said, pound out some of the ridiculousness of of what's going on here. But um, as we had mentioned before, you know, the Office of Management and Budget, uh, which basically represents the president's budget request, put forward a huge, I believe, $100 billion emergency funding request for uh, the U.S. efforts in Ukraine, the Middle East for the Israel conflict, and then as well as the southern border. And obviously those are all places that the Coast Guard is hard at work at, uh, with cutters forward deployed to Bahrain in the Middle East, um, and then obviously the border being a huge one as well. But yet the Coast Guard, for some reason, was left out of that budget request. Uh, You know, $100 billion, and we got absolutely nothing from that request at all. Uh, Customs and Border Patrol, CBP, was set to receive an extra $5.3 billion, a massive 27% bump over the organization's 2024 budget request. ICE also got a 28% increase. And yet the Coast Guard got nothing above our $13 billion budget, which is less than CBP before the bump up. So as you a, get a world presence, you get a world presence and you get, you probably should do your disclaimer first here, right? And then I'm going to jump back in here. Yes. You know, as I mentioned before, my views do not reflect uh, the Coast Guard, do not reflect Department of Homeland Security, Department of Defense, anything of that nature. Like this is just myself as as a person reading the news. You know, I'm not commenting anything based on anything that is not publicly available information. Uh, just you know, commenting in my own personal uh, personal ability, no relation at all to to being a service member. There you go. Yeah, because that's important to say, because I, I think, you know, Ryan and I's opinion are going to jump right to what the hell, um, you know, you can't take a, a the Coast Guard who's got such a broad mission, a worldwide presence, a worldwide 
problem to solve in, in many of the different missions, not all related to border and so forth, that it has to carry out. And so I hope this is just a a, a, a simple mistake and not a complete, you know, um, snub. Because if it is, then we've got somebody in charge that, or you got two people in charge that probably should lose their damn job. Um, you know, the the head of the Department of Homeland Security, we all know his issues and his his lack and capability, from my opinion. Um, you know, and just not understanding. You know, you got somebody championed with all these missions, and now an expanded tempo of mission. And all these things, and yet you give them the same amount of dollars that you've given them in the in the past. And so, you know, action had to happen. And I'm really, I don't know much about the commandant, new commandant of the Coast Guard, but her moves were, in, in my sense, spot on. If if you can't handle the tempo and you can't handle, you know, all the things that you need to do based on not giving you any budget, then you have to shut stuff down. And so I bet you the Coast Guard wants to champion that tempo and keep up with that kind of thing. But if you can't, you can't. Right. And so I'm not saying they can't. I shouldn't say it that way. I should say you got to make changes to be able to do that. And Brian, why don't you go into some of the changes that are that were published and that were the Coast Guard said it's going to do? Because I think that'll give a better frame of reference here. Yes. So what was announced uh, by the Coast Guard for the fiscal year 2024 was that three of our East Coast based uh, Reliance class cutters, so our medium endurance cutters, 210 feet, uh, Confidence, Dauntless and Dependable will each enter a long term layup, uh, becoming basically just a floating parts or they may put them up on blocks, but basically just become a parts for the other remaining ships. And then also the uh, the long plane retirement of the Steadfast, which was based out in Astoria, uh, is now going to be sped up to being retired as well and decommissioned or slated for decommissioning and potential transfer to a foreign Navy. So that is uh, basically four of our most capable medium endurance cutters that are being taken offline to move those crews other places, as well as Seven of our 87-foot coastal patrol boats are being put into long-term layup. Um, and the 65-foot harbor icebreaking tugs are going to be deactivated and moved to just a seasonal uh, activation to break ice when need be. And then as well as that, on the shore side, the Coast Guard's closing, I believe, 29 small boat stations small uh, and moving those crews to their parent commands or putting them across the country. So, and uh, some AIDS navigation stations are also being closed and those personnel move to bigger uh, bigger stations or sectors. So, to me, they're smart moves. I mean, you know, yes. some would argue, some would argue those things aren't needed. Some of them argue that, you know, those, those, um, those, I'm not a Navy or a Coast Guard guy. So when I say boats or ship, it's, you know, blame me, I'm Air Force. So I, I, I don't really know the right term, but. Maybe it was the right thing to do simply just because of age and it's the maintenance side of things. Again, being smart about maintenance. We talked about the maintenance side of things before and being smart about, uh, you know, reducing down into to certain, you know, numbers of types of, of ships, maybe the three or, you know, cutter style. And, and 
you know, so maybe it's a smart move. Maybe it's the right move to be able to handle the shortage in personnel and, and, and enlistments and, you know, those kinds of things. So smart. I, I the commandant, I think, did a great did a great thing, you know, um, and she's handling it yeah. the way she had to handle it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I look at it from two ways. Um, you know, ideally, we would get the funding that we deserve. Ideally, we would get that bump in that border patrol funding we would get the money to be able to maintain some of these ships maintain some of these crews be able to have even close to the recruiting budget that the other branches of the military have right to even get people interested because i think that you know and that's a whole nother topic that we can spin off of is and i think we've touched on a little bit in past we like did. yeah we did um, an episode past podcast is just yeah um you know how the coast guard doesn't really have a public image because they're so like everybody knows what the army navy and marine corps and air force are but nobody really knows what the coast guard does behind the scenes besides just hey there's a hurricane there's a helicopter flying over and it says uscg on the bottom yeah we beat that but we, we talked about that topic you're right i mean yeah i mean this to me is his name i mean this is complete you know why why not more attention Okay, who, which service just did the smartest thing in the world, which is to up the the enlistment age. Okay, so you can't get the youngins to, to enlist anymore. Up the age and get some of these other people who may have figured out that they need a career. And after a while, finally figured out, hey, maybe this is the right thing to do. So move the enlistment age up, you know, so older folks, right. not super old, not my and not my age, but, you know, um, <laughs> hell, I'd enlist right now if I could. Um I don't think they want him in as old as I am. So, um, but I do it. But um, you know, they yeah, gotta, I think you getting down get and back up off the ground is uh, yeah, oh, yeah, tends, it's, it's, yeah, whatever. tends to be helpful in the military. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I, too many jumping out of airplanes and too many football fields and too many things. I I paid my dues, so so I'm slow getting True. up. Yeah. What are you gonna do? You know. Um, so, anyways. Um, so I think, you know, this is a reputational problem, but you've got a guy who's in the department. Why isn't he championing you? Why wouldn't he see that and say, hey, wait, we need to spread some of this into the Coast Guard as well. If you're going to expand the well, tempo and, and expand the mission, what, 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 why aren't you doing your job? Well, and I would think of all of the, you know, border elements, the Coast Guard's kind of the least controversial of them, you know. Mm-hmm. People are very anti, you're either very anti or very for Customs and Border Patrol, ICE, you know, et cetera. But the Coast Guard is kind of the one that it's like, I've yet to really hear somebody that's like, no, we need to defund the Coast Guard. We need to get rid, like, nobody says that. Right. And so it's like, if you were looking for one element of DHS to fund more to help advance, you know, basically both sides of the aisle um, and and their missions in a way, the Coast Guard is the one because it's humanitarian, but also law enforcement. It's search and rescue, but also enforcing our maritime. Yeah, well, it's also enforcing immigration. I mean, you how many boats have mm-hmm. you turned back? We, you know, you were involved where, you know, took a, took a boat that was coming from, a country that and and you know had them all on board and and you know turned them back and returned them to their you know origin country and 
but nobody says anything about that. So, you know, how, how, what, and that's such a huge part of it because a lot of the migrants that are making this transit are making them on vessels that are not safe to make the, the distance right. of travel that it is. Right. And so it's not only, you know, a illegal immigration attempt, but it's also just from a humanitarian side. It's these are a large scale number of people who are making very perilous journeys across very unforgiving waters in the Caribbean trying to come to the United States. And so the so Coast Guard's so job is... You, so, so you're justifying what the Coast Guard does. I mean, right, and this right. is the right thing, smart thing. But, but you know, the er, earlier part of the argument was, why are more people pissed at, at the Coast Guard for doing that very thing, for turning back all these immigrants and or illegal immigration, you know, um, uh, folks and so forth? Why why aren't people then met? But you shouldn't be, and, and that's not the point of this podcast. The point of the podcast is... You, why aren't you funding them? Why aren't you understanding? Why aren't you championing a service like this that has so many roles? Why why are you letting this go away, you know, or, or let this happen? So, you know, well, who's you, making the you mistake? Look at the same, you look at the same article, and it's like, you know, in the same span of when this budget was released, the Coast Guard had a national security cutter stop in a port city in the Philippines that was the first time ever a U.S. vessel had stopped there. They had interactions with the Chinese Coast Guard. They did drills with the Taiwanese Coast Guard, um, you know, working with the Japanese Defense Forces. Another cutter was sailing with one of the strike groups uh, there, one of the Navy strike groups in the South China Sea area. So, But yet none of this is getting publicized, and... Um, you know, even in this article, it said that it's funny that nobody mentions from the defense side, nobody mentions all of that stuff because it'd be very ironic to say, you know, oh, look at all of the stuff they're doing with less, yet we're not even gonna, we're going to give them even less. Um, right. and, and I think, uh, and, I think that's. Did the commandant's, did the commandant's announcement about the changes to the structure, it, <clears throat> that came out, or didn't that come out? before this snub on the budgeting because of just because of manpower shortage and, and other uh, other shortages because of the tempo and in the expanded roles and so forth I'm trying to know trying to determine and maybe we don't know or won't ever know you know which is the chicken or the egg here you know um <clears throat> yeah you know very similar timing i think like you said i'm not sure you know when was the press release written for one versus the other? When did it actually get implemented uh, versus the other? But, you know, you're exactly right that these changes that Admiral Fagan has made uh, and Coast Guard personnel management has made because of the funding shortages, if they were making those changes before, now it's even more, like, exasperated in a way well, of having to do this because... yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Because, no, I, you're you're right on the right tone. I mean, that's that's. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, you know, if if we had to do this before, then even more so have to do it now because expecting a jump in funding that we didn't get now that just means we're, you know, as inflation grows to a certain amount, then you're even more limited by the funding that, you know, the, as everybody knows, one number the previous year doesn't really equal the same dollar amount in the next year. You have to increase that number 
in order to maintain with inflation. And so if we're not getting a boost, then really we're losing our budget. Right. Well, this, so everything is foresight. We're, we're complimenting, right? Move had to be yes. made. Yes. The move had to be made chicken or egg before the budget or not before the budget request and so forth. Hopefully that gets resolved because now we're sitting right back in square one where we talked about this before. We had a whole long discussion about the same thing about government shutdown. Now, if we go through this government shutdown stuff again and there's talks of closing different things or not funding different areas, here we go again. I mean, we're right back into this. And and and, and the only place I can blame is is the head of DHS. And unfortunately, you guys not, you know, in in time of non-war, you're stuck in the DHS. And in this sense, you don't have a seat at the table at the Joint Chiefs of Staff, right? And so you need one um, just because this should be, it's a military focus, right? Coast Guard's mission is, in my eyes, with all these expanded roles and the tempo overseas and so forth, is expanding more into that side. It was always kept a civilian, more that civilian, but more homeland type because the focus was simply on homeland, you know, uh, search and rescue near the shore. You know, that's why you guys got the name Puddle, you know, Puddle Hoppers and all that kind of stuff because you never went to deep sea. But now all that's changed. I mean, you got these dang offshore, you know, the big control cutter. Everything's changed. So why, you know, now we're sitting here going, where's your voice? I'm saying, where's your voice? You don't have a voice. You don't have a champion. You got a weak individual running DHS who is a puppet of the left side, who's just trying to, you know, minimize, pick up his salary and not do a damn thing and make a damn decision, in my opinion. I mean, it's just simply complete failure. Um, and, and you guys are paying the price for it. Well, I think it's really a realm that the Coast Guard's never never really been very good at honestly is fighting for a budget because we've always been you know like you mentioned and the original mission was not for us to be thousands of miles from the united states waters conducting you know transits through contested waters in the south china sea or protecting oil rigs off the coast like in the persian gulf but as there's been a mission that none of the other branches can fill rather than one of those branches expanding their capabilities. It just gets thrown to the coast guard, but, and, but not, yet not there the hasn't, funding, just the mission, just the mission, not the funding. Yes. Yes. So there's been no expansion, no giant growth of, of the coast guard in any way yet expected to still do more and more and more missions every single day. And this, you know, the op tempo that you were talking about, constantly having cutters not only doing illegal immigration patrols in the Caribbean, but also counter illegal fisheries patrols off the coast of Alaska and off the coast of Maine, um, yeah. as well as protecting oil rigs in, in the Gulf of Mexico, as well as doing counter drug missions in the South Pacific, as well as also doing, you know, missions nearby of the... Um, Hawaiian islands off the coast of California, as well as also doing this defense stuff with the Navy. And so, you know, our expectation for where we're operating 
just keeps growing further and further and further away. And so you also have transit time to get to those areas. And yeah, again, it's just, I mean, we're, we're right back to the topic we've been talking about an expanded role, expanded mission, you know, expanded presence on the other side of the world, but yet you don't have any of, nobody knows you're doing this. You don't have the funding to match. You don't have the resources to match and so forth. Now you're getting, you're getting quite a few new cutters, you know, you know, and the bigger size, the, the offshore patrol and so forth. You're getting, you've got the fast response cutters and, you know, Admiral's being really, the Admiral, you know, things have been really smart about getting ready. So that some of the older vessels that are 60s generation, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. the 60s. So being smart about these things, but one doesn't replace the other, right? And so, you know, um, it helps and being smart to you know trying to do more with less but you know our problem here is and our discussion here is why should you who's the champion you know where's your voice wouldn't your recruitment be helped if people understood maybe they want that expanded there maybe there's people out there that want that expanded role maybe they just think you know some of the coast guard missions sitting in a small boat station off this off the coast of Corpus Christi or whatever is boring, you know, maybe they want more, you know, and and I don't know. I've always believed that, you know, the Coast Guard is so unique in the people that it attracts and the people that it, you know, has in it and our workforce versus any of the other branches, because people join the Coast Guard with the mindset that our main mission is not training to go kill in defense of the country. Our main mission is humanitarian. It is, you know, what everybody knows us for, search and rescue, um, you know, protecting that law enforcement side. So the people that join the Coast Guard are joining for a reason. They didn't just flip a coin on whether it was Navy or Coast Guard because they do the same thing. No, we don't do the same thing as, as the Navy. We don't do the same thing as any of the other branches. And so I think you're right that, if we yeah, had more funding point. to be able to, yeah. well, if we had more funding to be able to, you know, f- broadcast that mission, you could attract this group of people that maybe they want to join the armed forces, but they don't want to join and go beyond a guided missile destroyer doing nine month patrols, you know, off the coast of Europe or off the, in the Mediterranean but they want to join. They just don't want to do that. And so the Coast Guard would be a perfect opportunity for somebody that wants something different than just the typical military train every day for a mission that we all hope they never have to do. The Coast Guard trains to do missions every single day. That do and it's a mission. shame that we can't and do <laughs> the mission. They end up doing that mission, right? I mean, you end up doing what mm-hmm. you practice. And it, it, you're called on to do it all the time. It's a great point. It was a great points that you made about the differentiation. And, I, and I'm glad you did that. I, I was trying to spur you into that. It, it, it's, it, there is a difference, but that's, this is also, you know, the country doesn't understand, right? Um, I'm not going to say, but your, your mother's company that she works for uh, kind of has the same problem. And I'm not going to say who it is and so forth. But they're in the business of helping others. But people don't donate to them enough, I don't think, because they don't understand their role in the whole fundraising and how that money is distributed and so forth. Again, this is when people don't have a good enough voice. It creates problems. 
And in this case, your voice, you're stuck under a voice that's never going to voice for you. Right. And so their focus is other things, fighting other political agendas and and and, you know, supporting other political agendas. And you're kind of left on the wayside. You know, and this is it's a problem. It, it truly is a national security problem in my mind because of where you belong. You don't have a voice at the table on the military side. You don't have a voice on your side for homeland security. You know, and and I think the Coast Guard's doing great things and has great capability. I think the way it's being handled about, you know, with aircraft consolidation and, you know, and maintenance consolidation that we've talked about now ship and, you know, taking, you know, and just and, and setting aside ships that that probably cost more money than they're worth to run versus moving the crews and so forth to other ships that need to run more. But they can't because of, of of mission crews. Mission crews, that's probably not the right way to say that, but I just did. Um, you know, it, it's, I don't know. Well, you know, I, I think, and I've always loved this one line of, of the Coast Guard creed that I think was really, you know, kind of the selling point for me. You know, what we talked about is, I shall sell life dearly to an enemy of my country, but give it freely to rescue those in peril. So that, you know, say that again. That expectation. Say that again, slowly and clearly. Yeah. I shall sell life dearly to an enemy of my country, but give it freely to rescue those in peril. And it closes with, with God's help, I shall endeavor to be one of his noblest works, a United States Coast Guardsman. That's awesome. And it's perfectly fine. Now, somebody on the flip side of that that has no issue with the mission of the Marines or has no mission of the Army or the Air Force, whatever, the military services, which has a total, you know, reversal and in, 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 in mindset, there's nothing wrong with that either, right? In, in, but in, in this case, it's a choice, you know, and it's a good choice. It's a noble choice, as, as stated there. I mean, it's a noble choice. And it's a personal preference choice of, of how you want to serve. And to me, I'm very proud of you for, for making that decision and that distinction. You know, you were offered to go to any side or any service that you wanted to go to. And you made this choice. Shocked the living hell out of me when you made that announcement. But um, <laughs> I got it. I got it because I know who you are. And, um, you know, and, and I, I think it was a phenomenal decision. But, you know, now you're faced... <laughs> With the challenges, you know, you aren't specifically because obviously you're not, you know, the admiral in charge of the Coast Guard. And right. I think you will be someday, um, you know, which uh, you would do outstanding at. But, you know, um, you know, in a sense, now you're you're in this situation where, again, you have to squirrel money away here for, you know, until we know that you for another year, you're actually going to get paid, you know, because. You may not get paid, you know, it's bullshit. Excuse my language, but it's bull. Um, you know, that 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 we're you're back here again and that other Coast Guardsmen and that we know and so forth are gonna be in that same boat again if this it goes down the wrong path again. Now, hopefully somebody smart will step in and and hopefully somebody maybe somebody listening to this that's I up in politics will go, Yeah, what the hell? We made a mistake, you know. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, we don't know what they do. You know, we didn't know what they do well enough. And they're going to go, yeah, we got to fix this problem. But right now we're trying to raise that voice. I am, you know, um, it's mm-hmm. a frustration of mine to sit here and have to think about this for you. Right. It's a, it's a testament to who is in the Coast Guard and that everyone who joined, regardless of whether enlisted officer, you know, whichever route that everybody joined for a specific reason, they chose for a specific reason not to go one of the other branches. And so, you know, regardless of what happens with this budget, everybody in the Coast Guard will continue to go do their job every single day because that is who the Coast Guard is. That is who the Coast Guard has always been. And so, you know, tying up the loop as far as what Admiral Fagan did with with our cutter consolidation, I think you're exactly right. You know, we got to a point where it's not feasible to continue running some of those two tens the way we were. But the unfortunate thing is that now you're just asking more and more of those fast response cutter, um, you know, the smaller patrol boat crews. You're asking more of those national security cutters because, yes, we do have these uh, replacements for the medium endurance cutters coming online, the offshore patrol cutters. But the program's behind the schedule. The first one was launched by Austal USA uh, just a few days ago, actually, but it won't actually, you know, hit the fleet for at least another year or so. And then from there, you know, there's a lot of question marks as far as Austal uh, USA and their offshoot because they've been looking for somebody to purchase them because their non-U.S. and Australia shipyards are hitting a lot of financial troubles. And so, you know, what happens if the Coast Guard consolidates like we need to and then without the funding backup that the Navy has, you know, they've got such a backbone of ships that could fill in. Like if the Navy misses two Arleigh Burke destroyers, they've got 75 other ones to fill the gap. They're fine. They could decommission the half of the littoral combat ship class and be totally fine with the mission. But the Coast Guard doesn't have that luxury. We have to rely on the fact that we're going to get these offshore patrol cutters on time. We're going to get them. They're going to do the mission that we needed from day one because otherwise the men and women that are on these cutters all across the country that are currently in the fleet, we're just going to be pushing that operational tempo more and more and more if we don't have these medium endurance ones to fill that gap. And that's just my concern is you know, nobody in the Coast Guard is going to is going to put their hand up and say, no, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not going out to sea again. Because that's not in any of the co- any Coast Guardsman's nature to say that. That's always been who we are, is no matter what's asked of us, we'll go out and do it. Right. But it's it's really unfortunate that we're even being put in this position because, you know, in aviation, you even see it too, is flying more sorties, flying more missions, flying further, flying for longer, uh, flying more frequently. You know, so it's not just even a cutter thing or a small boat station thing. It is across the board. The Coast Guard is just being asked to do more. And so, you know, if we're not getting the logistical support to maintain that pace that's expected of us, you know, it, I don't really even know what's going to happen there. And that's really what I worry about for 
you know, my fellow Coast Guardsmen that are on the cutters is what happens if those ships are delayed? What happens if the company that's building them has to go through a sale and then they have to restart production? And then, you know, that second, third, fourth ship is delayed three or four years. And now we've got half the medium endurance fleet that we used to with no new ships coming online. Meaning so, that the you know, current ships are going to have to take on more to cover for the lack of replacement. Right. So, you know, now people, instead of being out at sea for six months out of the year, now they're out at sea for nine months out of the year, 10 months. And then, you know, now that's putting a strain on their families. And now that's putting a strain on even the vessels themselves for being out at sea longer than, than normal. And so, you know, it's kind of this vicious cycle that unfortunately, um, I guess, unfortunately, but also fortunately, Admiral Fagan uh, decided to take the step that she did and in, in getting involved. And rather than just maintaining the status quo, she decided we have to make a change somewhere. We have to take a chance and, you know, take our shot when we have it to decommission these vessels to move them into long-term layups so that we have the crewing where we, you know, the vessels we do have right now, let's staff them adequately rather than being below staffing at, you know, a hundred cutters. Let's be fully staffed at 70. I mean, obviously that's an overinflation I mean, of the number, but. Right. I mean, how smart is that? Right. I mean, that that's, that's the right thing to do. And, you know, before I probably get somebody coming knocking on my door because I'm, I'm banging on the, uh, the head of DHS, um, you know, I'll probably have somebody show up at my door and deport me or something. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, uh, this, this, so I'm going to turn the conversation to, to you know, because I've, I've banged on, these, uh, on, on it too much now. So here's where, where's the solutions, right? Let's go to solutions because that's that's what you know. Let's go to that idea here. So first off, first and foremost, get the budgeting right. Give the rate of inflation. Get make sure that if the if the Republican Party is going to go through and do all of these small incremental budgets, which I think is a smart way to do it, trying to instead of trying to do a massive one, we need somebody to step up and make sure that the Coast Guard is included in one of those incremental, you know. Uh, but I forget what the, the term they call that, um, where they're doing these small incremental um, budget thing, sessions now and, and improvements. There's some term for it. But anyways. Yeah, there's need, some Congress term. Yeah, some congressional term that, that says this. But somebody step up and take care of the Coast Guard and make sure that they're going to be paid. Make sure they're not sitting there worried about being paid and be able to support their families and so forth. And then the budget to cover the expanded missions and so forth and understand. Okay. Then also, you know, to me, the next one is make sure that you start supporting, and I'm not, I'm not a, a big fan of having to advertise to say how great the Coast Guard is, but there's ways that you can help, you know, recruitment and retainment, right? Improve the bonus program and make sure that it's clear about the, um, the reserve side of things. So, you know, retain pilots, retain senior leadership, retain middle, you know, leadership, retain senior enlisted, you know, find ways to, you know, like the other service, I don't know what your bonus structures are and all that. Is there even the money to do that? But 
retain and recruit, right? Expand the recruiting age, you know, help with some targeted programs to get more people in, right? And make sure everybody understands what they're signing up for and the missions and so forth that they're doing. And, um, you know, do those kinds of things. You know, money talks. Unfortunately, it's the way everything works today, right? You got to have the money. If you don't have the money, you don't have the mission. If you don't have the mission, then we're going to have the problems worse than what we have now, right? Drugs are right. still making it in, right? Illegal immigration by sea is still happening, right? The Coast Guard is doing his damn best. You 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 take, you know, spread them out thinner. It's like, you know, um, you know, holding the line, you know, when you're when you're in the Army or whatever. You, you got a guy every 20 feet. You know, if you got a, if you got now, you got a, a ship every 40 miles versus every 20 miles. You know, there's holes, right? And so, you know, what do you expect? You're, 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 you know, you're creating your own. But I think the Coast Guard had to, you know, in a way, a tactical retreat. Yeah. They had to uh, to pick a point in time where we're going to say it's we can't retreat, do all though. of this. I wouldn't call it. I would call it a retreat. Tactical regrouping, I would regrouping, say. Regrouping, I think, is a better way to say that. Yep. Yeah, tactical regrouping. And so it's deciding what is our most important and building off of that rather than just, like you said, letting, letting us get so spread thin that now we're so spread thin we're not even doing anything. We're just decent at a lot of stuff, not good at anything. Right. And I think that's where you know, the most important thing is – and like you've been saying is, you know, utilizing a, if we were to get more funding, as we've talked about in previous episodes, recruit, use that money to build up the workforce, use that money to build up a, a branch that is proud to be in the Coast Guard, that is proud to do something unique from any other branch of the military, from any other branch of the government. It is an organization that we have so many unique capabilities from anybody else. So let's take advantage of that. Let's find those people that want to be a part of that. They want to, mm -hmm. to work with that group. Mm -hmm. And then now with this, with Admiral Fagan's plan to, you know, utilize our most capable vessels and start to slowly wean off of the less capable and old ones. Let's modernize the fleet. Let's, modernize our, our aviation fleet as we talked about going to 60s and c-130s our two most capable aircraft going to our most capable cutters going to the new small boats that uh that we have with the 45s the responsible mediums you know let's instead of having 95 different variants of everything let's just pick our most capable ones and staff those as fully as we can and use those to do the mission well, and it's the you know, same play with what, that I play was with just, what you got. Well, exactly. And that's what I was kind of making a point with the people. It's play with what you got, mm -hmm. right? And and retain those people that you got, um, you know, um, move them from places that maybe it was it was good and in spirit. It was appropriate, you know, to cover those areas. But some of those stations could be combined, right? Maybe there's sectors that could be combined, right? Maybe we don't need, you know, uh, multiple sectors in the Great Lake area. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, I don't know the, the the whole thing again. But again, there's ways any corporation can find ways to consolidate and improve, right? Sometimes it's for the worst and it's only about bottom line. But in this case, it's for the better. Um, you know, find ways to retain the good people. Work on what about inter-service transfers? I mean, why not be able to take more inter-service transfers? If 
if uh, people, you know, the good leaders and good enlisted guys and so forth from the Navy want to switch roles, find a channel and a method to make that easy, but clear and, and, and you know, uh, for them to do. You know, I, I remember all the way back when I was, you know, um, stepping out of the Air Force a long, long time ago. I wanted to go into the Coast Guard. I was trying to transition to the Coast Guard. But back in those days, it was it was kind of unheard of. Nobody did it, right? And nobody understood it. And I couldn't find a recruiter or anybody that I could talk to that allowed me to to make that inter-service transfer. It was like, start all over, you know, go all the way back to the beginning of square one, you know, and, and go to, you know, OCS and, and start from very square one. Okay, but... You still didn't help me get there. So I don't know why I'm bringing up a long point, but it's an old point. But it it helps, I think, frame the reference of making it better to do better with and and more with the people you got and bring in people that are already proven military assets and bring them in if they want to come. Right. And just find another way to do better, like you said, with the personnel side of things, with 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 the, your manpower just as much as the boats and the and the aircraft. I think there is such a golden opportunity for cross transfers, um, you know, and that's not really something we've necessarily talked about in previous episodes. But the lifestyle, you know, especially aviation, obviously being very close to home for me, aviation side, the Coast Guard is bar none. I think the best for especially helicopter pilots, but honestly, unless you're a fighter pilot, I think the Coast Guard's probably the best flying you're going to get. Because uh, unfortunately, we haven't uh, haven't developed any drug interdiction uh, fighter jets to date so far in the Coast Guard. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that one I'm kind of having a hard time seeing. Yeah, yeah. How many Coast Guard F-35 yeah, pilots? Yeah, that one yeah. might be a <laughs> might be a stretch of the Coast Guard's budget, but. Uh, you know, otherwise, like helicopters, you know, the Coast Guard is is the ideal, you know, helicopter branch for really anything except your, if you were special operations, aviation, and the Army. You know, we're the ones doing the high-risk, high-reward rescues and saves. And so the number of people that, and my experiences being at air stations across the country, the number of people that I've interacted with that were either you know navy or air force or army or whatever it may be that saw the light in a way and said i want to go to the coast guard they've got the best you know all-around work-life balance they've got the best flying and so let's you know expand on that program let's build up that opportunity for people to get out of the other branch and say you know what i don't want to do this anymore i want to go join them over there well, and let them have a path Mine, mine was downsizing, coming back from the Persian Gulf, and the, you know, it, 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 you know, there was there was a large rift, um, you know, and you know, I don't think there's a it, it, there's not a rift going on right now because there's a shortage everywhere, but versus, you know, taking and losing somebody to the airlines versus giving them an opportunity, a good transition, clean transition, easy transition, you know, um, but still properly trained and indoctrinated into the Coast Guard way. You know, that 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 can be done. Make sure people understand that or your reserves. I mean, expand the reserve role where you, you know, they could step out and not just be a reserve in the Air Force, but maybe instead of leave the Air Force and go be a reserve for the Coast Guard, you know, as a pilot. You know, 
again, we're talking now we're getting down too far in the weeds here, but the concepts I think we're trying to build on here is that, that there's ways to do this. You need leadership. You need people to step up. You need somebody to champion. Um, Admiral Fagan's doing a great job, in my opinion, of, of stepping up and meeting meeting the the needs with the capabilities that exist, right? And then being smart about adjusting, you know. And sometimes you have to take a little bit from the here to make the other side here better, you know. And so these are the right smart moves. I mean, we've applauded that about eight times on on this podcast so far, but um, it's it's well, I think it. It deserves it because, you know, for a lot of years, this has been going on where we've been understaffed, underfunded. Yeah. But it took until until this year for somebody in Coast Guard leadership to say, you know what? What we're doing ain't working. So let's right. try something new. Yep. And so, you know, my how, how hat is smart off is that? To, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How so my, smart is that? It's sim- simple, right? I mean, it's what we should be doing every days of our lives, be even our individual lives. It ain't work and change, right? So. Yeah, if something yeah. You know, isn't going your way, and and but it's the same, and it's not changing, it's not getting better, it's just only getting worse, don't yeah. keep doing it. Yeah. Well, how do we put a bow tie on this one here, Ryan? I mean, I think we've kind of went through some where we see the problems, we go, we've kind of identified and made people, hopefully made people aware of, of what's going on. People may, probably don't know, you know, again, until some of these articles just got published because of being left out of the budget, you know, in, in my opinion. And, um, you know, so, you know, we've identified some solutions here. So I, I'm just trying to say, hey, how do we put a bow tie in this thing here? I think the biggest thing is it's a call to action for for funding. It's a call to action for somebody to stand up in our government and say, hey, the Coast Guard, Coast Guard is doing a lot. You know, we need to we need to reward them a little bit. So I think part of that just comes down to, you know, as people listening here. (laughs) I think it comes down to people. It comes down to people here who are listening, realizing that our government is made up of, you know, people who are representing us. And so if you're listening to what we're saying here and you're doing your own research on on what we're talking about and you feel like you have a passion for for this reach out to to your representative reach out to your senator bring this you know talk to them bring it to their attention so that this can be brought up in higher levels of government because you know unfortunately you or i can sit here and say oh we need to do this we need to do that but we can't make a change it takes you know a large group of people coming up and saying you know, hey, we need to we need to fix this here. This isn't this isn't fair. This isn't right for a change to happen. And I think that's that's the biggest thing uh, that our average listener can do is you know, just be involved. Well, we're trying to be that voice. We're trying to help it along, right? I mean, we can't make the changes, right? right? But we're you know, I I can get people knocking on my door, you know, because I have an opinion. Um, you know, and, and that's why we're doing this, you know, and again, personal opinions. We're not speaking for anybody but ourselves. So, you know, people who are listening in, you know, please know that, um, you know. And so, 
Um, I hope uh, I hope this was enlightening. Enlightening, I should say. Um, I hope uh, you enjoyed the episode. And again, as always, um, you know your feedback. Um, you know, positive feedback, constructive feedback um, is always appreciated. Uh, if there's questions or things that we could research for you and 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 provide answers in a in a future podcast, we'd be glad to do that. Um, standard caveat, though, if you're you're going to blast some other, uh, you know, way far side, other side opinion um, that's just trying to be negative and, and canceling, you know, cancel culture, whatever term you want to call it, you know, we're not going to play that game. So just realize that you'll just get dumped off. Um, we're trying to be constructive. We're trying to express, um, you know, um, our opinions that we think are valuable. Um, and we think, um, and maybe our opinions offend you. I don't know, you know, but have a constructive conversation, people, and not side. Uh, so I think that's it for me, Ryan. I didn't know if there was anything else you wanted to close with. No, I think, uh, you know, as you mentioned, please feel free. I always include a, a Q&A thing uh, on our podcast page. If you're not able to see that listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, if you follow the link or just Google uh, our podcast, you can find our Spotify link as well, uh, where you could get to that Q&A to be able to send us questions that, uh, as Cliff mentioned, we'll make sure to answer. Or if we don't know the answer to at the time, we can research it and and get that answer on a, a future podcast episode after that. So we really want this to be about engagement and about engaging with our listeners, uh, helping you guys, but also, you know, we get just as much help from the listeners asking good questions or, or even bringing up points that maybe we don't just as two people sitting here, don't think about. So uh, we love seeing that engagement uh, and love having that interaction with, with the listeners and being able to talk about what you guys want to talk about. And I'll work on getting up off the floor faster so I can re-enlist. How about that? <laughs> there you go. 62-year-old enlistee. How about that? That would be something. <laughs> that would be go. something. I think you'd probably set a record for. Yeah. Yeah. Something. Some kind of record, I bet. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all. Appreciate it, everyone. It's dark here, so I'm going to say good night. Um, appreciate it. Uh, Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And until next time, this is Ryan signing off.